How bloody good. We are back, people. We've got Big Blake. How are you, buddy? Oh, shit. We're back. I'm good. We've got you. revved up Richard. How are you, Richard? Oh, You're right. Standing voice. Got the, uh, the rugby back. Got to see Allianz Stadium for the first time. How good was that on Friday night? Um, so, yeah, pumped for this week and uh, uh, this week's fixtures after a great Yeah. And we've How got you, mate? Jumping Jim. He's all good. You're interested? Yeah, lovely. Mate, it's just was the countdown was on and it finally arrived. Ever since we were doing those podcasts early on in the year, nothing but anticipation and excitement. Everyone talking that the Tars are going to be the team to beat. And boy, someone take over. I need to catch my breath. Um, no, I echo everything you've said, Jim. There is a buzz about rugby union in this country. Um, and much of that comes from the Eddie Jones decision. But there's a World Cup buzz. There's a genuine feeling that the Aussie teams are going to be competitive. There's a feeling that New Zealand's come back to the pack. World rugby's never been more even. Things are kicking off. Women are getting paid something to play rugby. It's an exciting season and you mm. could just feel the buzz. And I was so, it was so good getting out there to watch the Tars and the Brumbies, live sport. There's something special about it um, that we didn't have for a couple of years of COVID. And I, and I know you frost the Leichhardt Oval, Jim, but it. it was something real special about being in a big stadium. What was with, the uh, the total? What was the tally they told you? 26, 27, which, you know what, I'm going to be honest, is a little disappointing. That's um, good for rugby. That's that's an improvement. But, boy, it's a good stadium. We can get to that in a minute. But it, it had a really, really good feeling. It's exciting, mate. I'm so excited for the season. The sport feels like it's in a really, really good place. We've got a really good chance here. Mm. Um, so lots to be excited about. Bring on the year ahead. I'm happy Absolutely. to be back here chat to you fellas. How about you, Richard? Can I can I be asked? Can I ask this question? I, I echo a lot of your thoughts in terms of how exciting it is, and the start of the season before round one. Um, you know, you're you're excited about to see how the teams are going to shape up, and you anticipate those matchups: as Tars Brumbies or the uh, Aussie team versus the Kiwi. And after round one, do you have that that as that anticipation? Because as much as a number of the Wallaby players did right, uh, this golf. Uh, between the Aussie teams and the Kiwi teams. Is that just, it is what it is, and I'm still super excited, or is it less exciting than it was before? Now, fuck off with your Kiwi golf, mate. There's no evidence. There's not enough There's not enough footage in to be able to make that call just yet. I enjoyed all of the Aussie games more than I did the Kiwi games. And what was the question? What was the question, Blake? Um, are you still a... Am I still a believer that rugby's good yeah. this year? Yeah, I am. I really am. Um, but I, I do think uh, we miss... Australian rugby really did miss a trick with the Tars not winning. Uh, Brumbies fan, die hard, but you sat next to me at the game, Richard, after quite a few brewskis. I was cheering for both teams because I love the Brumbies. I want the Brumbies to win, and they were definitely the better team on the day. But I think for Australian rugby, they needed a win at the SFS. If the Tars won that, they're not there for another month. You could have had 30 next game. Um, there was a real buzz around... Jorgensen, Parise, this Tars team. And they largely, just... largely a sea of blue there. No, there's a fair bit of Brumbies. Yeah, so... to be fair. Yeah, that's what I was picking up from home, from mm. the from Spider Cam, picking up a good little representation of Brumby supporters there. But on Whitey's hundredth, mate, you couldn't have the Tars winning. I'm sorry. Sure. 
sure. I was just, I, I felt like a bit of a, ah, man, if the Tars, if the Tars could have had done it, could have had won this one. Should we get into that game a little bit then, boys? I just thought, um, break it down for me, baby. R- real simple. The, the Brumbies are, we called them the machine last year. I might just refer to them as the machine this year. They're the chat GPT of rugby, mate. They just have the answer that they, they just belted the Tars up front. And, and that's, I think, going to be a big problem for the Tars and the Reds this year. The tight five. Once Bell was off, it was a very different Tars team. And right now they've got no Bell, no HGH, and dare I say no Hannigan, um, who'd be packing in the tight five. And they've wasted Latu in that uh, Tars A side. Um, if the Tars can't match teams in the tight five, doesn't matter what firepower they've got from six to 15, I think they're going to struggle. Um, and the Brummies just look the better operation. Would you agree, Richard? Absolutely. I think that I'd actually build for the fact of not only the pack, but that uh, the, the backs also continuity that uh, they went sideways a lot. Um, they benefited, well, obviously, when Bell gave him that go because they were obviously at front football. Uh, but when they didn't have that, they shoveled a little bit sideways. Um, get uh, uh, in the game enough. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what changes happen because it could be of Jorgensen, who was lightning, you know, just fantastic. He just lit the game up, you know, potentially moving him into fullback potentially, but then would you, would you move Donaldson back or is that, am I being too critical? Uh, but yeah, it's a missed opportunities for the Tars, really. I think with the Tars and that Jorgensen was, uh, look, as, as they announced it, they just had to pick him because he was playing so well in all the trial matches and training so well. He's almost at the ta- at the at the point now where you structure your attack around him. Like the dude one on one is legitimately very very good, and on the wing catching it out in space, yes, that's great. But he's going to beat the person in front of him ninety nine percent of the time. Mm-hmm. He's going to be cool. such a better asset at that fifteen position. It's legitimately worth the conversation, particularly because Edmed was a bit dodgy in defence. Yeah, look, the other I, thing I would I, just say is is just work. It, it's a first game, and look, he was fantastic. So he lit the game up, but maybe he was still an unknown to some. The more he plays, the more people are aware of him. Maybe they because they close down space, so maybe we just need to be careful not to swing off him too much. But again, uh, 15, 15 being elusive, getting that ball in space does excite me. So, all we've oh, got is this how, week. Let's run it. How's Buzz Killington over here? Still at the pod. <laughs> Um, I actually agree with you, Richard. Settle the fuck down, Jim. It's one game. Um, the kid's 18 years old, relaxed. And everyone mate, tell them, that to yeah. Arthur Sydney. Everyone was, you weren't listening to the commentary, mate. All it was was Jorgensen Dude, and how and good his dad oh, was. Dude, you I was screaming it from the sidelines too. Yeah, um, you, you didn't have to listen to the commentary if you joined us, Jim, but just didn't want to. But that's fair enough. That's fine, mate. I was at Leichhardt Oval. That's where I was. Oh, look, and I think you're all a bit harsh on Edmund. He, he, yeah, he had a pretty shit game, but just settle down. The tight five got punished. It's very. Do hard. I think Donaldson would step in and do better? I'm not convinced, you know. So oh, I am. I play on. It's great. And I think Edmund's great too. I think you're way too harsh talking about moving them right now. Let's just fucking give yeah, him, you're right. Give yeah, him a few minutes. The, the pack was going backwards at a rate of knots, and Edmund didn't have a great game. I think everyone saw that. Um, I thought Donaldson had a blinder at 15. So let's just, let's just leave well enough alone for a minute. Well, the Tars have settled back into that seven and seven and a half model with Gamble and Hooper. When, what's his name hit, he was playing at number eight at the start, but once he moved back into a looser setting Gamble, it was way more effective. He shouldn't be starting at eight. I think the problem is when we, uh, we're being a bit harsh, a bit of it, 
critical or buzzkill is because uh, you said at the beginning, the hype was we were all on board the hype train. We were all on board the, how the TARS are going to, you know, be, you know, did it bring it this year and they didn't quite. And so if they'd have played like this without the, the hype, we'd have been like, yeah, there's growth. They lost by six. It's disappointing, but they were competitive for large periods of time, which was great. And there's, we're, we're moving in the right direction, but because the hype was so much before we're being critical. But I agree with your point on Gamble. When he plays looser at a six, I think you need it's better with a Harris or a Gleason as an as an eight. I know right. um, um, Gamble's bolts up a little bit, but I just don't think that once that back row is right. And it, Swinton needs game time. He hasn't played for a while because uh, he was a bit lethargic as well. Um, but yeah, having Ed Hannigan back in the row, he's not big enough coming. So I think having that Harris or Gleason coming is important. But the biggest thing is Bell not playing for four to six weeks. He was the only guy really that got over the game line consistently and gave that front football for the backs to play a little bit more expansive. And I think four to six it. weeks. We need to stress that more. Four to six months. What? Sorry. Four to six. Four to six months. months. Sorry, I, I meant months. Yeah. Um. I mean, that we're beating around the bush. The Tars, they were they're pretty good. They're, they're a very exciting squad. I think they're going to be a pretty decent team this year. Victims of their own success, you're right, Richard. They did this last year, we'd be pumped. Um, but we we expect a bit more. Problem is, we're beating around the bush. It's the tight five, end of story. Everyone you're talking about will play, would play sick behind a good tight five. Um, Whatever. And without Bell, they don't have a good tight five. That's that's the, he, he is the equivalent of Tupo in Queensland. If they don't play, the team can't match it up front. The Brumbies have got a mortgage on all the other front rowers in this country. Rebels go all right. And but I, I think, and I think we also, you know, as much as I'm, you know, I'm disappointed the Tars didn't, uh, didn't play well, but I think we do need to, to big up the fact that Nick Frost played fantastic. We were in the row for, for the Brumbies. Oh, let's get um, to the Brumbies, baby. <laughs> you know, the fact is that Valentini played well. Sabu, not his best game, but he did, he did everything, you know, well. He didn't do anything outstanding, but he played well. Uh, at the front row, uh, just mobile around the pitch and, and obviously did what the Brumbies scrubbage line out really well and, and it gave the platform to the backs but uh which looked electric at times and and well played to Debrasini who came in and looked a natural did what he was supposed to do just again he understood the system that the Brumbies play and he um and, and did really really well with that and just slow, allowed mate. the other players to do it he is slow but fucking slow you, off the mark isn't he he is but when you've got that system and the centers available and I, I think it, it it covers up for those inadequacies a little bit. Yeah, I, I thought Nick Tower was electric. It's the best I've seen him in a long time. Can I jump on to a couple of months yeah. to be to be precise? To, to your point, Jim, I agree entirely. And I think that's what's most exciting that the Wallabies for the Brummies looked to cut above. Ikatau, Wright, Valentini, uh, Frost, Al Alatoa all looked to cut above for me. And Slipper dominated the scrum when he came off the bench. That was really exciting. To see that that the Wallabies are that rung above. We'll get to Corey the hotline in a moment on the sting. He was sensational. Uh, but then to your point, Richard, they're the machine. They're the Chat GPT of rugby. The fact that you know Nick White, Noah, they all travelled. They did spring tour. They didn't do the preseason. Oh well, you haven't been there for all our training. We'll put the blokes that have. You take give yourself a couple of weeks to get right. And the boys that that were in there, Lonigan and Debrasini, looked fucking sensational. Um, it's, it's, it's a testament to the, the setup down there that they don't need to rush these guys back. Um, very impressive. And I think what, one thing, one thing I would like to see moving forward, if I was a Wallabies fan, and please, both of you disagree with me is I want, um, Tom Wright to stay in that 15 Jersey now for the rest of the season and try and, and obviously 
um, cement his place as the 15. Obviously, Banks is over in Japan, but try and see if you can hold down that 15 place because the Wallabies are in need of a 15. So I think he needs to stay there. Do you reckon he will? Jesse Mogg? Yeah, always... think about it. Uh, I just think Jesse Mogg, great, as a, but he's maybe past his Maybe Tom Tom Wright's coming into it, and it's an opportunity for him to to nail that position down. But he'll only do that by playing. And um, I think Mog's a good person to have on the bench because he can cover multiple positions. But what do you think, Jim? Yeah, look, Mog's not the future. Um, he's nice for a, for a guy to cover some positions when things get dire down the track. But look, I reckon it's in Wright's best interest to sort of nail out a fifteen a season at fifteen. See how he goes. Um, keep it there, hit and stick. First week, boys, don't change anything. Deborah Cena needs to start next week. Well, I, you know, what I really, really enjoyed was some comments from Noah. Um, Noah coming out, which I thought was really cool. He spoke to, um, there was a couple of comments. I don't know fuck where I saw him. I saw him somewhere, but he basically said, Bernie's pulled him aside and said, mate, you're a gun. You are a superstar. Um, and just injected confidence. And Noah said, you know what? I am down on confidence and I've been down on confidence for a year or two. And it speaks to his absolute mismanagement. He's copped the Mac Mason treatment for two years by the Wallabies and it's knocked Noah around. Him making those comments and then when he came on, he looked cocky and he looked confident and I was really excited to see that. Um, So I'm really excited for once Noah gets to own that number 10 jersey for the Brumbies, which he, you know, might be a week or two away. Really excited to see what he can do and what he can bring to that. But I must admit, seeing him in person, he is fucking tiny. Yeah. I was shocked by how small Noah was. Um, I know it's not the BL and end all at 10, but it, it did surprise me. What else surprised me? The size of Tom Wright's thighs, man. Huge. Absolutely Jesus huge thighs. Yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. Awesome. I've always been quite fascinated by his thighs and the size of them. The size of those thighs is. Yeah. is I'm, I'm, I'm thinking we do a, a thigh of the week segment, and Wright's got it for me right now. And the dollar was a close second. Yeah, it used to be that hooker for the Sunwolves. Yeah, great. Thought. You know, you know the thighs I'm talking about. But the Japanese players do have a propensity to wear very <laughs> tight shirts. They, they do. They love a squat rack. It must be something. It must be in the the. What am I talking like? They must find it sexy over there. Yeah. The measure of a man. Big size of the measure of the man in Japan. <laughs> so can I just, can I ask, which one of you is going to draw up the metric that we're going to assign the, the thiometer for? Just want to check which one of you is in charge of that. I love thiometer. So I'm going to run with you here, Richard. I love that phrase a lot. So, um, but I'm just going to go with passion from the heart. Whatever thigh grabs me. Mm. Passion. Would you all uh, think of the 30 second scrum rule? In love favor it. of a great game, outstanding, wasn't it? Love it. Would love the shot clock on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. I would actually say, um, we actually mentioned it. Um, the game just seems so much quicker because it was there. We were there in person, but just everything seemed to be quicker there. Because of the shot clock, the scrums, the line outs, everything was quicker and it just flowed. And when it came out the ground at nine, whatever it was, I was like, ah, this was earlier than I thought. I was yeah, back was, home earlier than I thought. It was just some dead set good rugby. Um, the games were so fast paced. I, I loved it. That, that I'm all for the shot clocks. I felt like the 60 seconds to the penalty. Almost wish it was 45. 60 yeah, seconds is quite a while. Um, and people are trying to drag it out too, having a conversation, all that kind of stuff before yeah. the 60 seconds seems to start. Um, 
But yeah, real, real, real good changes. And I don't, you know, the quicker the game, the better, really. Um, um, the other talk of the town in Australian rugby right now, boys, is the fucking, I'd say the knives are out, but the fucking samurai swords and the guillotines out for Thorn. Um, it sounds like people, I mean, he sounds like he's given up when you read the subtext of his commentary. Um, I think Justin Harrison basically let it slip that he was going to give up coaching at the end of the season um, in the stand coverage. But the knives are well and truly out for Thorne, I think. We've said it on year before. He, he, he had the squad. You know, he won that Australian conference. They were overtaking the Brumbies. The sky was the limit for the Reds. They copped it with injury, but that, they've been regressing for two, going on three years now. And uh, uh, the feeling out there is that people have had enough. Yeah, well, that's the, this is token signs of he's lost the locker room, man. The players aren't playing for him anymore. Tupo signing that deal with the Rebels. All it does is it signed their season away. Everyone's head must have gone down as a result of that, knowing one of their best players, if not their best player, one of the absolute lads is moving on. Um, and I it, agree, mate. There's a big counterfactuals, though, that don't agree with this. A lot of people that say, no, Thorne's absolutely got the dressing shed. It's got nothing to do with that. People who, who get more talk than us say that. It just doesn't feel like it, though, does it? But we'll never know. We'll never know. All we can do is base off the the exodus that comes and, and, and how well these players show up for him and play for him. Irrespective of whether, if we're being totally honest, you're in a professional sport, irrespective that, you know, the boys love him, he's that father figure, which we assume that he is, that they want to play for him. At the end of the day, you lose 47-13, you miss 32 tackles, you, you give away two yellow cards, you lose light arch. You? It's, uh, you could be as much a mate and love your coach as much as you want. It's a, and at the moment, the results are regressing rapidly. And if the boys know, in inverted commas, the boys know that he's leaving at the end of the season, the results are already going to get worse because they know that he's leaving. There's no long-term trajectory. There's no long-term plan. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's a, if there's a mid-season change because that will bring... Um, an immediate well, they've brought the Heenan in as the assistant coach, who coaches the the Premier Club Rugby side up there in Queensland, I believe. Um, and they even said on commentary, he's been in there to alleviate some of the pressure off Thorn. I've read subtext; he's been in there to coach because there's not a lot of coaching happening. Is it, look? It's how it feels. I must admit, though, I feel like the red season is going to look much like the Tars. They do not have a type five. Their, their type five is is was is built around Tupo. He's not playing this season. They don't have a tight five. They're, they're second rowers. Who are they? Never heard of them. They Absolutely don't. not. Their they back don't. row, though, their back row is outstanding. It's the same as Thomas Bay. And then their back line is outstanding. Once they're all fit, they're still bloody missing Vunavalu, James O'Connor. Um, it's outstanding. Is Vunavalu still injured, is he? Of course he is, mate. He's just getting the dollars. Yeah, but I, I think, see, I don't think you can say backlight is, is outstanding because the fact is they've never played chop it and change him fluke plays the 13 he plays on the wig you know hey Stewart's Stewart's now at the western force now there's so much we have a 10 different each di each different week. i just can't say you could is that word outstanding because we just don't know no you, you're right richard i'm saying that but i guess not, what i mean is their potential is outstanding as as individual yeah. seen moments of brilliance from all of these athletes yeah as look him uh -uh. i thought it's, um, it's liner's first season man we'll see how we go you know, well, it's a lot of pressure is, on his shoulders too. But you read that, it sounds like it's not, it shouldn't be. Like, why is he being thrown to the wolves? Who else is there, man? McIntyre. But I tell you what, it just makes you think, what, centralise the system. 
Tars have got Edmed, Donaldson, yep. and Harrison kind of get in the team. Reds are crying out for a 10. Okay. Well, what's Harrison doing, mate? I don't know what he's doing. scooting it down the pub. Fucking sign a contract. He just doesn't want Thorn, mate. Yeah. He doesn't want Thorn. Sounds like no one does. Been pretty harsh on the Reds here, but they were, it was pretty awful. Um, I thought Hunter Paisami, though, was a shining light. Always is in Super Rugby. Um, I thought he was a real shining light for them, putting massive hits. Every every contact that guy makes is dominant. Um, he was he was awesome, but but not too many other positives you can pull out of that one. And I I, I worry for them without Tupo and without their second rowers fit. It's going to be a long ass season for the Reds, mate. Townsville February. That's a tough assignment. Yeah, but th- th- they should be thinking about it differently though. That's you dragging the other team to hell. Yeah. Hell is where you train. Hell is where you live. That's right. You've got to look at it like the South Africans do when they take you up to altitude. Yeah. We're going to drag you into deep waters here. Down to Townsville. And you're going Correct. to suffer in Townsville, and then we're going to have four eggs of shit beer at the end of it. Yeah. It's going to hell. But it, it seems like it was tougher on the Queenslanders. But it's, it's okay. typical. Like, this is stuff we've talked about before where you look at the Hurricanes lineup, pulling up names that I'm not too familiar with, and they're just – they're they're match ready. Like that 16 for the Hurricanes, mate, when he came, it's a cocaine bear. <laughs> That's quite good, Jim. You couldn't get him down. And our players who are already coming through the system, they're getting game time. They just seem a bit off the pace. Um yeah, I mean, that's the other big talking points. What do you boys think about the other two Aussie teams, the Force and the Rebels? Can I just say, last thing, before we move on to the Force and Rebels. This week for the Reds is a big game because uh, we could all maybe have the yarn that the Hurricanes are one of the best teams out there. They've got young blood coming through. But the game next week is huge, Dan, and obviously the Super Round because the Reds play the Force. Now, if the quality of performance is at the same level, then I think we could start pointing fingers a little bit more, but maybe the the hurricanes were just too good. Um, but going to the to the rebels and the uh, and the force game, I just felt like I was watching last year. The rebels do well for a period of time, and you think the rebels are going to make a change. Say what rebels, then they just fall apart. They don't do the basics right in the second half. You feel like they're going to play well. Uh, kudos to the um, to the force who then obviously came back in that second half and outscored them by a lot, uh, but just felt like the the rebels missed a chance you know they were doing well in the first half but that yellow card just made them fall apart no resilience no commitment it seemed at the end yeah i, I tell you what though felt felt a cut above from last season these two teams for me um i think the the force under cronin coaching down there is going to get a bit out of this team um and there's still a few blokes to come back from injury um they seem to have a bit of depth in the squad you know, I think we, when you're, you're talking bring, rebels here, are you? I'm talking force. Oh, you're going to force her on the up? Yeah, I reckon you bring Pasatoa back in, you bring Fainga back in. Um, it's a bit doing with that with that squad. If they can stay fit, um, I think they've got a pretty good coach. They could make travelling to, to Western Australia as difficult as the force can make travelling to Western Australia. But I actually, you know, they're not great. Fuck, let's, you know, we can get up and about for Australian rugby to a point. Um, but I think they've got a decent squad there with a decent coach. I'm a bit excited for them. Um, Rebels, there's a bit doing there. There's just um, there's not a lot of firepower in that back line. Um, I worry for the Rebels. I think they've got a better type five, a better eight than the Tars or the Reds, really. But there's just not much happening out wide. Mm. 
I say what Ryan Lauren's another contender for thigh of the week. He's going to yeah, be on him. Yeah, the upper body seduces you. You don't even get to the thighs. Do you reckon it's too? It's all big, so the thighs, so the thighs, the thighs just fit in. They just, yeah. You want the thighs to be oddly big. Wait till you see him in person, mate. Come chat to me then. All right, we should get down in that super round. What do you, what do you guys feel about super rounds? Yeah, I reckon it's what great. They did it last year. Do it again this year. Yeah, Melbourne, the heart <laughs> of rugby. It's tragic. Yeah, well, I mean, it was all for it after the COVID thing, but it seemed to be hanging in there with it. Nothing else to say on that. All right. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> chat, fellas. No views, Richard? Oh, all right. I'm just going home. Um, just the other storyline for the weekend. It's just the Crusaders going down. Yeah. You'd love but... to see it, don't you? Going down at home. You do love to see it, but the secret to punting in the early season is the teams with a lot of internationals tend to struggle weeks one to four because they didn't have a preseason. They didn't train together. There's no continuity. As the season goes on, they start putting it together. I just wouldn't read too much into it. Um, And I think that's why the Brummies were quite clever, keeping many of their Wallabies on the bench um, to not ruin that continuity of training. So I just... Oh, I wouldn't get too carried away. You do love to see, God, you love to see the Satyrs lose. It's it's poetry. Um, and then the other one I just wanted to mention, Jimmy, is that um, Moana Pacifica Drua game. Oh, yeah, I caught I was that. playing cricket on Saturday. We were batting. fairly hungover after the rugby, so I was watching that on the stream. That was a good game of footy. Mate, it wasn't a it, – oh, look, I don't, I don't want to say it, but there were some amateur errors going on. Oh, hey. When I put it on the first play, I saw, mate, the guy passed it to the dude standing outside the field. <laughs> he didn't know where he was. But, hey, there's some great tries, some great athletes. It's sensational. And just seeing Christian Lealiafano run around. Still kicking, man. Still kicking. It's, it's one of the greatest stories in professional sport. Full stop. Um, it is such a good yarn, that one. No two ways about it. It was really fun. It was a fun watch. Um. Oh, I'm excited. We'll, we'll chat Six Nations in a minute. Do we want to jump around to next round? Yeah, I'm happy to project. Richard, we still we still don't have you? Fuck him. We'll put his tips in for him. Crusaders, Highlanders. He thinks Crusaders are going to struggle again. He's going to Highlanders. He have has. Uh, yeah, look, I'm going to go Satyrs here. Just reckon the Highlanders were the, one of the poorest teams from the weekend. Yeah, look, me too. That's why Richard's thrown me with the Highlanders. Weird. Um, but I'll go Crusaders too. I think I don't think they're going to lose two in a row. Uh, Rebels Canes. Rebels Canes. Ooh. Now this is at Amy Park. Dick's so um, stuck with the home team, Rebels. Yeah. Home advantage. No, Canes for me, mate. Canes. Yeah. You... Fuck, check some of the, just check some of these time slots, mate. They are good time slots. Seriously. Great time slots. So let's just make it hard, Rebels. Drag them. Drag them deep, you know? Mm, they won't. No. Um, Moana Pacifica v the Chiefs. Chiefs look pretty good. Yeah. Chiefs look good there. Drew a Tars. This is must win for the Tars. And, and they should. Absolutely they should. You know what? I actually think they don't, this a is... Uh, oh, Richard make an appearance then? It's something about tipping Fiji oh, is what I heard. He's on the draw, which is odd. But I actually think this is the Tars. That's outrageous. Um, their, their chance to come up against a team that doesn't really value the tight five that much. So I think this will play into the Tars' hands. Yeah, and then create a false sense of security going into next week where they're playing the Rebels, which will be another win. Don't worry about it. So, you know, maybe they can get some momentum building, but, God, they're going to miss Bell. What a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Him and Tupo missing the whole lead-up to the World Cup is just inconceivably bad if you're Eddie Jones. Oh, yeah. 
inconceivably bad for every Aussie fan. Sunday's where the ticket's at, but All if right. you're going Who's down to Super Round, if you're going down to the Super Round, mate, get the Sunday ticket. Get the Sunday ticket. This is a top-of-the-table clash. Holy moly. Blues Brumbies. Blues looked very good. They Blues. were special, weren't they? They were special. So were the Brumbies, though. Oh, for the Look, good of Australian rugby, I hope the Brumbies show up here. Yeah, absolutely. They they have to. I just just looking back on last week's game when they got kicked, they bounced back to the Brumbies, right? They bounced back, so we're hoping, hoping that when the Blues kick, they bounce back too. It'll come down to that. The Blues are going to score points. They're probably going to score twenty five points. Can you score thirty points against them? Yeah, and I I think under Bernie, the Brumbies. There's a few times where I would have expected them to just roll that mall over and they went off the top and fed Corey on the sting. I think they've got a few more points in them this season if they can get things right. So fingers crossed, eh? Um, and then the last one to end it, Force Reds. Reds could be in trouble here. They look like... Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be a turn of events? Absolutely would. Yeah. Richard, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tip the Reds, though. I think I might tip the force here. Crazy. Put your money down, brother. Put your money down. Would Richard go? He's going to draw. He's going to draw. <laughs> crazy. But, you know, Richard. takes crazy stuff. Um, really quickly, Jim, I assume you've been following the Six Nations a bit. The Irish looking sensational. It was a bit of a nothing round in terms of it was the one round where you could pick every winner. It's fairly sewn up, is it not? Yeah, Ireland have um they've got this in the bag, mate. It's just whether, I mean, whether they can do a grand slam. It, yeah, if Scotland can pull something out of the hat, that's that's it. If once if they don't pull the hat out of the hat this weekend, it's all done. Ireland, thanks for coming. Oh. But this is vintage. Ireland peaking too early. I love it. It's so good. This is vintage. Oh, Bruce is trying to join the room. Yeah, he's talking about England. He's fucking getting up and about. He's trying to get back in the room. Yeah, no good. Because um, that, that's the real narrative of the Six Nations from here is, do England get better? Do France or, sorry, Wales, Wales. Gosh, what's going on in Wales, mate? Can you break it down for me? The the, the wages thing, it's wild the, down there. Ooh, I just want to yeah. say on, on France, so Eddie Jones made some interesting points on his podcast. Not that I would ever promote another podcast. Um, but on his podcast, he, he threw out the idea that France know they kick more than any other team. They know they play territory more than any other team. And if other countries are onto it two years out from the World Cup, they're fucked at the World Cup. So this Six Nations was their chance to experiment, to play a different style of rugby, um, and to keep every other team on their toes. You know, we've got more strings to our bow. Um, so I think France, whilst we'll be gutted they haven't won the World Cup, of the Six Nations are playing the long game. I thought it was an interesting takeaway. Uh, so this is a bit of an experiment, Six Nations, for them. They're happy to take a few L's I along the way. I don't think they're happy to take L's. I don't think anyone is, but I think they're willing to experiment, whereas Ireland might be, as they always do, leading before a World Cup, show their cards. Um, and Wales seem to be utterly, utterly capitulating. Um with all Which is hugely exciting. Well, Richard's back, baby. Yeah, I'm assuming you put in my uh, my tips for me. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, got him. Just wanted to text it through, mate. Yeah, thanks, mate. Just could you just confirm what they were for me, please? Ah, uh, that's uh, rewind the tape. Now you'll pick it up. Boring. Boring. Oh, all right. Okay. 
All right, sweet. Thanks. Thanks, boys. Appreciate your support and love as always. Okay, my only question moving forward, are England a chance of beating either France or Ireland in the two weeks that remain, Richard? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think they, both games are going to be super close. Uh, in a two-horse race, you, you, cannot, you cannot say there's not a chance. Do I anticipate them to win both of them? Absolutely not. But do I expect them to be close? Yes. Um, I think there's, there's, there's chat about the fact that um, France are not uh, performing at their best at the moment for a variety of reasons. And I think England obviously have a chance to, uh, to build continuity and move forward. But there's been obviously a few injuries along the way. Um, England are getting better slowly, but emphasis in that word slowly. However, the Ireland game will be much harder. They're, they're trying to win every game and smash everybody. So if it was a game they were, they were, they were going to win, I would anticipate it with their France game rather than the Ireland game. Question two, is Italy beating Wales this weekend? It's the one um, on everyone's tips. Y- yes. Oh, shit. That'd be big news. Georgia would be off it. I just think Italy are making real positive strides and um, at the moment. Um, that's positive strides in a way. They're still not great, but I still the, the pathways are getting better. They've got Italian um, system players coming through into their system and not just residentially based players. And I think Italy are growing. And I just feel at the moment with the issues surrounding Netflix and the player wages and everything that's going on in um, obviously in Wales and also the, the formation of the clubs and whether there's going to be four clubs, three clubs or whatever. Uh, I just feel like th- this is Italy's chance to, to get a win. And then they haven't played terrible. They've been in, they've been in most games in this series. So um, I would say yes. I think um, that's the, the takeaway with Italy. Every team expects to beat them comfortably and no one does anymore. Um, no. We learned that the hard way. That, that they are, mate, there's no easy beats in international rugby right now. Everyone is quite even. Um, I tell you what, though, Warren Gatlin, fuck, he picked wrong, didn't he? Didn't he? Oh, didn't he? Um, didn't he pick wrong? Um, yeah, but the right, thing is just I've about got one that, question sorry, for just, you, just boys. Interrupting, just I know I'm interrupting you, but he did pick wrong at this moment. But the 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 expectation going into World World Cup will be so low, and because he's on the in inverted commas the right side of the draw. They could still have a very successful World Cup and everyone forgets about the turmoil of their Six Nations because everyone lives in the moment and lives in the present and forgets about this. So he will be donned a saviour if they get to a semi-final, which isn't it within the realms of possibility being on that side of the draw. I'll give you that tip. Wales are not getting to a semi-final. Um, you heard it here first. Yeah, I know we all expect that and they may not. Yeah, but I'm just saying other things are happening. It's a possibility. Um, I've got one question for you, boys. If you were bringing out a rugby game, right, and, uh, you know, sitting down and playing your PlayStation 5, I think you can get those now, which player would you put on the cover? I'm, and you can't pick Tom Wright's thighs. What player would you put on the cover and why? Mm? Uh, probably the most deserving over the, over the last maybe five years, someone who's on their way out, not a superstar of the future, but a staple in international rugby. Maybe, look, the argument would be Sexton, Bowden, um, DuPont, like the real superstars of our game. I think you're all wrong. Where would you go? I'd go with Sia Khaleesi. Yeah, right. (laughs) That's a great shout. I mean, it's what a story. The World Cup on his way out. You've nailed it, Richard. That's not a bad shout. 
What were you going with, Blake? Who am I going with? Jesus. I don't know. I just asked it. I didn't actually think about it. Neither did I, man. I just rattled off some names. Yeah. Yeah, there was was no preparation. Uh, the other one would be uh, the other one would be Bodo Barrow. I just think he's a you know. That's what I said, man. You tell me I was wrong. What's going yeah, on here? Yeah, sorry, man. You were wrong. He's yeah. really. fluffy. Yeah. Sorry, man. I apologise, Jim. Yeah, I too aggressive. Jo- Jordy's an ugly bloke too. I always thought. I always thought he's no good. He's got his dominant out of that level. Hey, and my next question is, um, and I will go first this time, so then it's the last one. Uh, Bum of the round. The fans want it back. All right, the listeners want it back. Of course they do. Your bum of the round. I'm going to take, I'm going to go first here. It's a bit of a cop out. You can't copy. You've got to pick your own bum. Okay. Your own bum. My bum is Brad. He says, forget it. Who is it? Brad Thorne. Ah, that's a cop out, man. It's outrageous, man. Supposed to be a player. Come on. I'm on Thorne. Well, he basically is. He's probably honestly pick him in the row now. They'd be better off. You reckon? Yeah. I'm going, I'm going Ed Med, mate. I was not impressed. He got stood up a few times, some dodgy-ass tackling, all on him. Everyone's about him. The Tars, he forgot to show up, man. Bum. Richard? I'd say there are quite a few of the Hurricanes teams. There's a, there's a few. We're going to, you're going to coach, I can just say, as a collective, the Hurricanes team they forgot to tackle for a while. I don't know the Blues were exceptional, but. There was a few that um, decided tackling was optional. You talk about the, you mean the Highlanders? The Highlanders, sorry, Jesus, oh, yeah, jeez, oh, we're slipping, mate. Both of you, no. mate. You picked a coach. Richard picked a whole team. What's going on? What the hell's going on? Sorry, Jim. I apologise. That's fine, man. Um. Oh, right, fellas, let's get you back. <laughs> what a way to end. What a way. Maybe ten p.m. at night. Not the best time slot moving forward. I'll tell that to my two-year-old son. All right, boys. I'll catch you. All right. Catch you, boys. Cheers.